Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. It is Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020. I'm Norm, along with Mike Ajello. The Leafs embarking on a western road trip, an important road trip. Every game they play between now and game 82 is important because they're trying to get into the playoffs, or at least trying to secure their playoff position. Mr. A, how you feeling about Leafs-Sharks? Good morning, Norm. Uh, well, this is a very important road trip, as you said, and unlike most trips to California over the last decade, uh, it's not you're go- running the gauntlet against three like juggernaut teams. It's three teams that right now are making up the bottom of the Western Conference. But I think that the comments made by Sheldon Keefe after the game on Saturday, looking forward to this, you know, they can't underestimate these teams. The Kings have actually played better of late um, since they traded some of their veteran guys, uh, Toffoli and Alec Martinez. And now you've got a bunch of young, hungry kids uh, trying to make an impression and earn a job for next year, and they've played better. Uh, the Sharks moved out Marlowe, moved out Barkley Goudreau. The Ducks moved out Kasha and, and Nick Ritchie. So they're – you know, there's new opportunities there, and the Leafs can't take them lightly. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how how they react to because the pressure is on them. They've got to keep doing what they're doing. They ever since the uh, David Ayers debacle, they won three three straight. They need to continue to win. Imagine the Leafs taking anyone for granted. I think they take themselves for granted. This is the Leafs Combo Podcast for Oak Ridge Ford. Zero percent financing going on right now. We're one of the top used car dealers in southwestern Ontario. You got to stay tuned to community youtube.com slash the Leafs combo. I have an Explorer ST coming in for a client. You got to see this thing. Stay tuned to the community portion of the podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe if, if you feel that we deserve it. And you know that we do, Mike. The Leafs are packing on wins right now, and they're also packing on players. Some long lost defensemen are about to return, and soup is stirring things up, too. Talk about that. It was practice yesterday in San Jose, and they had nine defensemen on the ice, and two of them were named Riley and CeCe. Now, in seeing the video from last week of Riley sort of gingerly skating around at the Ford Performance Center, I wouldn't suspect that he is you know, going to be back at any point during this California trip, but they did take them did take Riley and CC along. I would think that it's still going to be, um, you know, a target date of mid-March, you know, March the 15th, March the 20th, something like that, um, unless the Leafs, you know, start to fall back a little bit. And it's, you know, they, they, they have a five-point five cushion against Florida. They can't take it for granted. They got to keep winning, as I was saying. But, you know, I think they want to get Riley and CeCe back into the lineup with enough time for them to sort of shake the rust off before the playoffs, if they make the playoffs. So that it's, it's a good sign that they're on the ice and maybe it means they return a little bit earlier than is expected, but I would still think it's going to be probably mid, mid to mid to late March. As for McKayev, uh, they came out and said, well, he will be back before the end of the regular season. And that, you know, that, that probably is signifying a, reevaluation of his wrist uh, injury. You know, he had lacerated tendon and lacerated uh, artery uh, on that wrist. So uh, it, that recovery is, is quite remarkable. But I think the concern there is 
the strength of his wrist. If he, you know, it's, if it's healed, that's great, but he's got to get back up to close to a hundred percent to be effective. You know, he is a player that relied on his speed, but also relied on, on his strength because he was good in the corners and, you know, they definitely want him back because I, I think their forward complement, at least the depth of it, has suffered over the last few weeks. Guys like Dennis Mulgan and Freddie mm. Gauthier just don't do it for me. <laughs> they, they don't do it for you? Every time I hear Mulgan, I think of Malkin. And I'd rather have mm-hmm. Malkin than Mulgan. And I can't have Malkin. I only get Mulgan, so I'd rather have neither. I suppose. So uh, with CC and Riley uh, ready to return, these guys are veterans and you know that veterans a lot of times um, will get the preference over the younger cats with a, a glut of personnel. There are only so many positions. Do you think this sorts itself out between now and game 82? Well, I, interestingly, I mean, and there's nothing etched in stone until the pregame skate tonight in San Jose, but I saw indications that uh, Timothy Lilligren may play tonight instead of Rasmus Sandy. And I don't know if that indicates like a slight injury or maybe he has a, a cold or something like that, but that's sort of unusual based on the workload that Sandine has put put forth but I also think and this is always me thinking a a couple steps ahead if you know when when the veterans come back they're going to play and guys like Marty Marinson and Liljegren and Sandine are probably going to either go back well at least Sandine and Liljegren Liljegren could go back to the Marlies instead of sitting you know dormant uh in in the press box um one another concern for for Sandine, he already passed the ten game mark, which starts the clock on his entry level contract. That's that's already gone. He has to exceed forty games to start the clock towards unrestricted free agency. If he doesn't play forty games this year, then they get a full uh, seven years starting next year before he's a UFA. If he if he goes over forty games, then it starts from this year, and that means he turns UFA at twenty six years old. Right now, that's not a main concern because they needed him on the blue line. But I think if they have bodies coming back, that he won't get over forty games. So I think that might be a little bit of a motivation for the Leafs. How does that work when applied to playoff games? Uh, it doesn't the playoff games don't count? It's regular season games. Oh, so they can hold them back mm-hmm. at game thirty nine. Correct. And then once the playoffs start, just put them in. Exactly. Why not? Makes sense. They, as an organization, did not want to bring Sandine up this year. I think that if Riley had not been hurt, if CeCe had not been hurt, that he would still be playing with the Marlies and playing well. And I'm not saying he hasn't played well with the Leafs. He has. But he's 19 years old, and there's been instances where he's been exposed because he's not strong enough yet. So I think it's not it, – it's not going to hurt his development with the way he's played and how he's played at the NHL level. And I think that there, there's nothing but encouraging signs that Sandine is going to be a very good pro, but I think it's too soon. And when it gets to the playoffs, I think that he would be a disaster option. If somebody gets hurt, then he would be in, but I don't think they want to expose him to playoff hockey at 19 years old. I think he can handle it, but I think they think the veterans would handle it better. This is the Leafs Convo podcast. Norm James in London, Ontario. Mike Agello in Buffalo, New York. OGs, converts, thank you so much for your contributions. You guys make this podcast what it is. We've got a great flow going on right now. If you feel like we deserve it and you've listened to us long enough, 
why don't you hit the subscribe button? Mike, just going through the comments, and we have many of them. A lot of people riding Mitch Marner right now, not mm -hmm. exactly liking his game. Optically, he, he seems a bit off. His points per game are, are great. Uh, but when you have so few goals and um, you do a lot of things besides score goals, you, you don't seem to get the, the same amount of recognition that you might get when you're scoring goals between your legs or, you know, unleashing wicked bombs like um, your line mates. What do you think is going on with Marner right now? Why do you think he's getting a bit of a bomb rap? I think it's purely the, the contract and people seeing that, you know, he's, he's never been a big goal scorer. He'll score 20 goals, but I think it's the bang for buck argument. It's like, okay, all of a sudden William Nylander's contract is a great bargain, but Mitch Marner's contract is, is a complete waste of money and people are comparing them side by side. Well, I mean, Marner put up 90 points and had the leverage and got a contract. He's, you know, he is one of the best young forwards in the league. You know, does he deserve almost $11 million? Well, some of these players, they don't get what they deserve or they get every, you know, when they're in a position to get what they can get, they do. And that, that's, that's just the, you know, that that's how the market works. Um, you know, I haven't had any major problems with, with Marner's play this year. I mean, he came back from an injury, um, he has switched from Tavares to Matthews. Um, I, I see, I, I'm not, I know a lot of people wanted, dreamed of seeing that Matthews Marner connection and thinks, you know, it's, it, it's going to probably work in, in, in the sense that Matthews is going to break 50 goals. I still think that the better combo is, is Marner with Tavares and, and, and Nylander with, with, with Matthews. But right now they're staying with what, they're comfortable with i just think it's basically you know it's the 10.893 million aav for six years and when you get paid and you know he's not going to put up numbers that are the same as last year he could may come close and his numbers are really good but i think people just say well at that point he was making nine hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars plus bonuses now he's making almost 11 million and they see the cap crunch with this team uh, and they and they put two and two together. And then when when you talk about trading Nealander, as I did la on the weekend, people were saying back to me, "Well, they should trade Marner." The, the, the problem with that is is that you can't get as much back for Mitch Marner because he makes eleven million. One of the big attractive qualities of Nealander is coming off a career year if he if he continues to score at the rate he is scoring over 30 goals and him making seven million dollars that's the price of a top pairing defenseman and you can get that back or get other assets back in a deal for Nealander because of the heavy cap hit that Marner has I don't think you can you know you could get him you could trade him and get value back for him but I don't think it would be as much because uh, you know, Nylander is deemed cost-effective, and some people don't think Marner is. If Marner had 20 goals and 80 assists, he'd still have critics. Mm -hmm. If Marner if Marner were a point and a half per game between now and the playoffs and then went nuts in the playoffs, he'd still have critics. Remember, he is not William Nylander, and William Nylander's faction, a lot of them don't like Marner, and you have Marner fans who don't like Nylander. It really is too bad the way things have become so divisive. All these guys need to be working together, and all of us fans hopefully are cheering for the same outcome uh, in the next month and a half here. Mitch Marner has better days ahead, and f for as much as he leaves 
more to be desired playing at a point per game clip or more than a point per game clip while he is trying to figure himself out isn't too bad. There's only really one way to find out. And I hope we don't ever get a chance to find out, but what happens if Marner's gone for 20 games? And then what happens if Nylander's gone for 20 games? How does that affect the team? Who is more integral to the team's success? Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the effect on the team when one of these guys is not there for a substantial period of time, you guys can on social media or through the community or in the comments can crunch whether you're getting value for um, what Marner's bringing. But at the end of the day, I feel like he's more integral to the team and brings more to the team as a whole, like Matthews, than uh, basically anybody else. Well, it's it's just my opinion. And, you know, I, I looked at the fact that the power play is basically run through Marner um, and that he sets up, you know, last year he set up, Tavares for 47 goals and this year he's setting up Matthews in part uh, for over 50 whereas Nylander I I deem Nylander as a complimentary player and he is better than he was last year by leaps and bounds because last year was a disaster he's going to score 30 goals he's probably going to score 70 points and that's great I mean he's he has played his he is shooting his, <coughs> his shooting is better his uh, mm-hmm. his his uh, work in the defensive zone uh, had been a, a sore spot in the past. Now I think it's at least you know average to a slightly above average. So he has been less of a liability defensively this year than he has been in the past. Marner has his games where defensively he's you know he's out to lunch, but that's going to happen with offensive forwards. But I, I think if you're talking about who you know is more integral to this team's success, I think it's Marner, and I think that's the reason they they paid him almost th- uh, almost four million dollars more a year than Nealander. Marner looks tired a lot of the time. I don't know if his conditioning is great, and I'm not suggesting he's out of shape, but he, he just looks like he's trying to do too much and he's just confused by it. I One thing I think could be um, affecting that, that uh, appearance of him being, uh, you know, exhausted is the fact that on top of being on the top line and the power play, he's been on the number one penalty kill. And I think if Mikhaev comes back before the end of the year, that they could spell Marner from playing PK with Zach Hyman and have him, not play PK and have Mikhaev, who was on the uh, penalty killing before his injury, um, you know, with, along with Engvall and Kapanen and, and Hyman. I think if they can relieve him of that, then it gives him a little more gas to work five on five. Uh, the only other thing about tonight against San Jose, and again, this will be confirmed probably by, a pra- by practice at the mor- or the morning skate this morning or the pregame skate, is that there were some indicators, I think it was Paul Hendrick from uh, – Leafs Nation Network, who indicated that Jack Campbell might get the start uh, in San Jose instead of Freddie Anderson. Anderson has played, I think, seven or eight games in a row. Um, and, you know, he's played good at times, bad at times. But you have three games in four nights, and they could give they could start Campbell in San Jose and start him against his old team in L.A. on Thursday. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, Michael Hutchinson is no longer part of the team. You traded for Jack Campbell to feel good about your backup position. Let the guy get engaged. Let him play some games down the stretch. And when I say games, I'm not saying one or two, but five or six. Let him play. Let him get in there and you know, feel like a part of this thing. Michael P., thank you so much for your time, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man.